We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into a Monday edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. As our, our friend Drello asks, where are these turkeys? 12 means 12, Alex. Uh, so we're, I think we're like 30 <laughs> seconds later than we said we'd be starting. So we, we are underway. Uh, we we you know, thank everybody who, who listens to us live. You could watch on YouTube. You could watch on, on Twitter. Uh, obviously, you could consume this as a traditional podcast as well, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we're going to recap all of our takeaways from a big weekend in the NBA, uh, we'll talk about some players to potentially buy low on. Guys might want to sell high on. Uh, but but Alex, we're we're still early enough in the season where I maybe maybe it's just because I'm a wuss and I, I don't like to to take risks this early on. But like I, I'm still like waiting things out. You know, like Pascal Siakam, I, I'm not quite panicking on. Had a couple of good games. Came back down to earth last time out. Uh, you know, how how aggressive do you tend to be early in the season when we're talking eight, nine, ten games in uh, as far as adjusting your roster goes? Uh, it depends. I mean, uh, you know, there are a few guys on my teams that I just like dropped or have been trying to drop right away, but most of those have been complete flyers like Colin Sexton and, and guys like that. Um, you know, we got some interesting mm-hmm. questions, um, on the Friday podcast, like Jabari Smith jr. was kind of a yeah. point of contention. I was like, Jabari's a drop in a 10, t- this was a 10 team league. I was like, you shouldn't worry about dropping him. I don't think it's going to yeah. come back to bite you. Shannon felt the opposite. So it's more so guys like that. It really just kind of depends on if you think their production, if it's like a field goal percentage issue a lot of the time right. or like a minutes issue rather than uh, some some other thing that's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the field goal percentage is something that's that's haunted me early on in a couple of leagues. You know, someone like LaMelo Ball you know, has got off to a really rough start shooting it. He's already started to come around. Uh, you know, ironically, Damian Lillard is, is kind of killing me in, in our stake league, uh, one of our staff leagues so far. The assists have been down. He's been just terrible from three, uh, still hovering around 40%. So it hasn't been a complete disaster. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think you're, you're right to point that out, that free throw percentage, field goal percentage, those two can have the, the biggest variance early on. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go right to a few questions here. We'll, we'll try to kind of check in on the chat throughout, uh, then you know, open it up for more of a full Q&A later. Uh, but we have a question from Dost V. Visky. I wonder how many games Brogdon will miss. Could it only be one? He dropped Brogdon for Skylar Mays, and he says he hopes he will not regret it. 
Uh, what are your thoughts on on that decision? We see Skylar Mays, you know, he had some opportunities at the end of last season in Portland. And, you know, whenever the minutes have been there, he's usually been pretty productive. But, uh, you know, obviously there's a, a reason, not only Malcolm Brogdon, but Scoot Henderson for for why he's playing those minutes. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if you'll regret it because you, like Nick mentioned, Scoot is going to be out for maybe another two weeks. And so I won't be surprised if if Mays continues to see 30 minutes a game, you know, Brogdon plays a little shooting guard, Sharp moves up, just because Portland's depth is so, their depth is horrible. You know, it's a lot of Tumani Kamara, it's a lot of Jabari Walker. Um, so, and I, I think the important thing to remember about Brogdon, well, there's two things here. First, Brogdon, it's a hamstring injury. And those are notoriously hard to come back from. They have a really high re-injury rate. We know Brogdon's had leg issues in the past in terms of his his durability. So I, I won't be surprised if he's out for at least another week, even though they're taking it day to day. Uh, and somebody mentioned, you know, we were talking about Jabari Smith. Uh, Clarence says he's dropped Jabari everywhere, mostly to pick up Bilal Koulibaly from the Washington Wizards. I, I'm with you, Alex, where I feel... I don't, I don't think it's like completely out of the question that Jabari Smith could come on later in the season. You know, we saw him play better at the end of last year as well, but we got enough of a sample, man, where even, even like his plus games have just not even been great fantasy games, right? Like he had, he had 21 and 11 against the Kings, but you know, really not doing anything defensively. Like the blocks have not been consistent. The steals have been even less consistent. Uh, it's given you almost nothing as a passer. Uh, we kind of knew that would be the case. He was 1.3 assists last season, but there's been no jump there whatsoever. Uh, you know, the field goal percentage is better. He's shooting it better from three. Uh, so up, up closer to two made threes per game. So that's that's something that you could say is, is maybe a feather in his cap. But he's also shooting 55% on, on very limited attempts from the field. And I, I just don't know if that changes uh, with the direction that Houston's going. Like, I, I don't think this is a team that wants to change anything right now uh, with as hot as they've been of late. Uh, where do you come in on Koulibaly, though? Uh, had, had his best game as a pro over the weekend. You know, super, super raw. I think Washington kind of knew what it was getting itself into. With that pick, you look at the first eight games for Koulibaly, six and a half points, 2.9 rebounds, 1.5 assists, 0.9 blocks. Uh, but he popped for 27, three and four steals against the Nets on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Wizards are going to continue to be awful. Um, I watched a, a good majority of that uh, Nets-Wizards game and like Jordan Poole was... At points, he was like, looked like the worst guy on the court. And at other points, you got to watch more football, dude. I, I well, <laughs> yes, I do. Um, but they're going to continue to be bad, right? So minutes are going to be there for Koulibaly. And look, he's not, he, he had the best game of his career the other night against Brooklyn. I just, it's a steals and blocks thing. That's why you're picking up Koulibaly because if he can continue to get 25 to 30 minutes a game, you could be looking at two combined steals and blocks, you know, and then you're looking at something interesting. But he's just a really raw offensive player. They have other guys with usage. So uh, to be honest, I won't be surprised if you end up dropping Koulibaly like you dropped Jabari Smith Jr., but I understand why you might make that change. Here's an interesting one, Alex, from, from B-Baller. And I feel like we've gotten more Keontae George questions across all platforms this year than just about anybody else. Would you drop Kobe White to pick up Keontae George and which of those two has a better outlook for the rest of the season. I would keep Kobe White. He's having a, he had a slow start to the season, but now he's picked things up. His shooting's a bit better. Um, my, you know, my only, my only hesitation in terms of picking White over Keontae George is I think George has a higher assists 
ceiling and floor. He's he's proven to be a more he's controlling the offense a lot more in Utah than uh, Kobe White is in Chicago. So if you really need assists, I think you can lean Keontae George. But if you're just looking, if you're just talking like general value, if you're in a points league, if you just need like roto scoring in general, I would lean Kobe White because. I do worry about Keontae George's field goal percentage, his lack of defensive stats so far. Not that Kobe White's yeah. averaging like two steals a game or anything. Yeah, I, I feel like there's some there's some like Taylor Horton Tucker vibes with Keontae George, which could be good or bad. You know, especially when <laughs> the way we talked about Taylor Horton Tucker earlier in his career. Uh, you know, like you, you see the flashes, like the the good games, the good possessions are really good, but overall, I, I still don't think it's an overly friendly fantasy profile. Like if you're if you're chasing assists specifically then sure, go go grab Keontae George. But, you know, he's also shot five of 20 from the field and one of nine from three over his last two games. Uh, you know, he's not not a high free throw rate guy uh, for, for as athletic and, and young as he is. You know, like the steals haven't really been there. He's, he's you know, he's a guard. He's not going to block a ton of shots. The rebounding is, is not great. So um, I, I get the appeal with George. I, I, you know, there, there could be a two or three week stretch like later in the season where he really comes on. But I, I have not really found myself like rushing to the waiver wire to add him anywhere. Well, and he, I mean, the shooting concerns me partially because he was really inefficient in college. If this was like, oh, he's just kind of shooting poorly to start the year, he's getting used to NBA competition. He shot thirty-eight percent from the field and thirty-four percent from three or from three in college. And yeah. it's weird though because he only averaged three assists, and now he's a much better passer in the NBA. He's kind of a confounding player. Um, yeah, but yeah, it kind of depends on your format. I wanted to ask you about Spencer Dinwiddie, Alex. I believe you have him oh, rostered wow. in our in our stake league. Uh, it's been a it's been a roller coaster as it always is uh, with Spencer Dinwiddie. Like opening night, terrible. Only played four, 24 minutes. Next night, he plays forty minutes, gives you twenty three and eight. Uh, it's been kind of the same story up and down since then. Uh, you know, with Dinwiddie, you're always going to have to live with the the drastic you know game to game field goal percentage variance. Like free throw percentage has, has been all over the place throughout his career. Hasn't been super traceable. His three point shooting tends to come and go year to year. Uh, you know, really the assists are, are what you've been able to bank on in the past. But he's down to four point eight per game so far. Uh, you know, what are you doing with Dinwiddie right now? So I do have him in our sixteen team league, okay. and I'm holding on to him in a sixteen teamer. Just okay. Uh, he's good enough for that. But if you are in a twelve team league and maybe even a ten team league. I think you're probably fine moving on and streaming the spot because almost any player, if you're, especially in your 10 team league, almost any player on the wire can give you Dinwiddie's stats, uh, especially if they're on a four game week. Like if you just yeah. stream guys in on four game weeks, um, my main concern with Dinwiddie, it, it just, he doesn't really seem to fit within their offense that well. They, they, before Lonnie Walker got hurt, they were leaning on Lonnie Walker a lot. Dennis Smith Jr. continues to look good. They have Ben Simmons. They had Cam Thomas available. Like, I think Dinwiddie's kind of falling by the wayside as, like, a 31-year-old who doesn't really, like, fit their timeline. Mm -hmm. um, and more of an overarching concern, he has almost the lowest usage rate of his entire career right now. 19% um, compared to last year's 27%. And that's the usage rate that includes assists from cleaning the glass. So I think he's, honestly, I think it's fine to drop him. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And it's also worth noting that Ben Simmons has missed for the last five games. And right. you think if, if anything, that would open up the assist opportunities, the playmaking for Dinwiddie, and it's kind of gone in the opposite direction. So I, I don't think Simmons coming back, uh, you know, whenever that is, should be hopefully sometime this week. I, I don't think that is a, a boost. Uh, if anything, it's probably a loss for Dinwiddie. Um, you know, we had a good question about, uh, you know, which players, 
still have a shot to break out this year. And it kind of ties in with, with one of our, our overarching themes, you know, kind of some, some buy low players. And I want to go back to the well on the Wizards. We're still having the same Jordan Poole discussions, Alex. He ranks outside of the top 125. Uh, you're taking a loss so far. If you took him at ADP uh, in Roto Leagues, he's down to 16.4 points per game. He has played 30-plus minutes in three of the last four, but we're still talking 31, 32 minutes. You know, we haven't seen these like you know big 38-minute nights for Jordan Poole, even in games against Charlotte and Brooklyn that have been relatively competitive. Uh, you know, he hasn't taken more than 14 shots in the last three games. He's not really getting to the line at all. Uh, what, what are you doing with pool? Well, you got to hold. Um, I mean, I understand the idea. I mean, you don't want to drop him, but I, I wouldn't blame you for trying to trade him partially because it's just, I, he does not, <laughs> the hope was that he would come in and, and take, you know, 20 shots a game or something like that. And he in the past has I think he ranked like 55th the year that Steph Curry missed in Golden State mm -hmm. um, on, you know, per, like 14 shots a game on excellent efficiency. Now, the problem is he I don't think his efficiency is going to improve a ton. You know, like last year, he shot 43 percent from the field and 34 percent from three this year. It's only a few percentage points lower on each and the minutes aren't there. And there are a lot of times where he just looks like he is disrupting their offense more than he's helping it. So um, I would understand if you wanted to move off of him, but you're selling so low that I would almost just rather hang on and just be like, well, maybe he can, maybe this, you know, improves over the next month or so. So, you know, kind of in the same vein, you know, talking about guys who maybe aren't off to the greatest start, but could still break out. Paolo Caro ranks 86th right now in uh, eight category per game value. It doesn't feel like he's playing poorly by any means. You know, got off to a bit of a slow start through the first week, but last five games, he's at 24 and eight with six assists, 1.2 steals. Uh, you know, the three point shooting, I think, is what's bringing him down. Like, he got off to a really bad start there. Uh, you know, still shooting like 30, 33% from three right now. That's dragging down his overall field goal percentage, uh, but he's still at 47% for the year. So, I, I think if the three point shooting, like, if you think he could become a 35, 36% shooter consistently on decent volume, um, which that's the other thing. He's not even taking that many. He's under three attempts per game. He's at four last year. Uh, Bancaro is somebody that I would look to look to buy relatively low on. And again, he's coming off of like four of his best five games of the year. So maybe some people don't view it that way. But if you're just if you're looking at season long rankings, you know, he, he still ranks quite a bit lower than where he was being drafted. That's somebody that I really like going forward. Yeah, I mean, I'm really impressed with the the passing has looked great so far. Some of you know, I think some of his increased stats lately have been due to Markel Fultz being out for for plenty of those games. Um, but at the same time, you know, I I, th I think the main concerns with Bancaro from a like a a category league rankings perspective is that he's not getting you threes. His percentage, especially from the free throw line, is is going to harm you, and he's he's not really a a guy who gets defensive stats. Now he's at one point four steals per game. He's good. He's good enough of an athlete to where I, I, I think that can, I, I think that can stick, but he's just Bancaro is honestly never going to rank that well in Roto just because of his free throw percentage threes and, and defensive mm -hmm. issues. But I think he is more valuable than that would suggest. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Uh, good question on you know our, our topic of all right, if you're if you're done with Jabari Smith or you know you, you tried the Jordan Hawkins experiment for the last week, uh, we, we have a question who do, who should I target to replace those guys? Max Struess, Bogdan Bogdanovich, or Jalen Suggs? Um, I think, I look, I'm I, I I'm out on Struess being a. I don't think Struess is like a 12 team fantasy guy. I just I just don't think that's who he is. Like he has he's had some nice games for sure, and I'm not trying to say that like he is not rosterable. But if you take away those like first three games, you know of of his season, the numbers are a lot more muted. Um, I think the assists are real. He's a very good player, but I, I'm not convinced that he has to be rostered. We kind of know who Bogdan Bogdanovich is. Um, he's like a guy who just consistently ranks like 80 to 120 in fantasy. So I don't really like that. That just is what it is. It's a, it's a low ceiling play. Suggs to me is interesting just be, because of the steals upside. He is one of the best defenders in the NBA, especially one of the best backcourt defenders in the NBA. I think the steals numbers are pretty real the deflection numbers back that up, but the man can, I look, he got hot from three over the past two games, but he is a bad shooter. And so you have to be prepared for it to like kill your field goal percentage. 
so some of it depends on what you need. I, I hate to like be wishy washy, yeah. but that's that's kind of how I feel about all those guys. What well, I, I think if you're if you're looking for like somebody that I can keep on my roster for a month plus and you know just kind of ride it out, then maybe you lean Bogdan or you lean Struess because right. you know part of the reason that that Suggs has had this uptick lately is Markel Fultz has been out, Gary Harris has been out. We don't know how long those guys are going to be out. I know Fultz is not going to play tomorrow night, so you know it could be another week where you're seeing elevated minutes for Jalen Suggs, but I do think at some point, you know, that comes back around when they get, you know, two of their top seven rotation guys back. So if you're just looking for like the next week or two, I like chasing the upside with Suggs. If you're looking for a longer term solution, I would lean Bogdan uh, or Max Struess. Uh, we've talked a lot in this pod, Alex, about Scotty Barnes and, you know, the early season breakout that he's had. Uh, if you're looking at eight cat per game value, he is a first round value so far. He's number 12 overall. Uh, now I've been on the side where I kind of want to ride this out and you know, I know he had, he had what'll go down as his worst game of the year so far, uh, in that loss to Boston over the weekend, 10, five, four, uh, still at a steal and a block four fifteen from the field. Uh, are, are you in the camp Alex, where if you, if you've profited from this Scotty Barnes breakout that you're looking to sell for a more proven asset, such as Jimmy Butler or Kawhi Leonard, or are you holding strong? I, I would hold on this because, um, he his defensive numbers are insane right now. And I, I don't know if they're going to keep up, especially the blocks, but, and his three point shooting has cooled off, but that was to be expected. But the reality is like Jimmy Butler, he started the year kind of hurt. Um, you know, hasn't like quite looked right so far. And we know he's an injury risk. So, and same with Kawhi, right. And the, the James Harden thing is messing up Kawhi a bit. Kawhi's coming off, uh, not a great game. Um, last night against the Grizzlies, uh, oddly enough, a terrible team. Um, so I, I would I would hold Barnes because the other two guys are injury risks and their ceilings. Technically, their ceilings are higher than Barnes, I think. But Barnes has just played so well. I, it's like I'm really starting to doubt whether Butler, Kawhi, their fantasy ceilings are that much higher than Barnes. Yeah. No, that, that's the thing. I, I don't know if I like these two specific options. Like I'm not opposed to the idea of selling at peak value on Scotty Barnes, but you know, with Jimmy Butler at this point in his career, you're going to wonder about games played. I mean, I, if you're playing fantasy basketball, you know, the deal with Kawhi, that's just not really somebody I want on my roster. I mean, if you, uh, it, I don't know, you could, I mean, you could target, I don't know I'm just looking at other guys in this general range. Right. I mean, I don't know, throw, throw an offer out on, you know, like Bain or Markinen or Anthony Edwards or, you know, Trey young, somebody like that. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you go fishing on those offers for players who technically rank lower than Scotty Barnes, but have a better pedigree, yeah, I think that's fine. I just, uh, I, I just, I really wouldn't want to be dealing with the the Kawhi issues. Um, and it's not like you know, it's not like he or the Clippers have looked great, uh, even when he's been healthy so far. Um, should I start playing Bismack Biombo, Alex? Uh, a question that at, at, it feels like we're forced to answer this at some point every year. It came a little <laughs> bit earlier uh, than we expected, but he always he always has his moments. Uh, you know, stepping in, he started now four games for Memphis. He's got two double doubles and he has double digit rebounds in uh, the in that four. Four games of double-digit rebounds and two double-doubles. I completely butchered that. Uh, Steven Adams is out. Brandon Clark is still out. But, you know, a big part of the reason that Bayambo has had this run is that Xavier Tillman has also missed time. Uh, he did not play last night against the Clippers. Tillman seems like it's going to go game to game. So there's no real timeline as far as, you know, how much more time he's going to miss. He could play tomorrow against the Lakers. After that, uh, they play Saturday and Sunday in a back-to-back against San Antonio and Boston. I mean, for this week, like I, I went out and grabbed Bayabo in a couple of leagues. Like I'm, I'm going to try to ride this thing out. Um, you know, even once Tillman's back, he's probably not startable at that point. But I, I at least want to see how he's used because they, they clearly need this uh, on defense. I mean, Memphis yeah. is reeling right now. 
Yeah, I mean, the part of the problem with this question or wondering whether or not you should pick up Biombo is like every every day that you've waited, there you're getting like your return on investment is riskier because Tillman might come back and then the minute split might go like you know Tillman starts playing 30 minutes a game again and then Biombo is playing 18 minutes and then you have to drop him. But we don't know when Tillman's coming back and obviously Biombo, I they don't have a lot of size like they like losing Stephen Adams. Tillman's is short. Like he is short for a center. And uh Aldama's not really a center. He's kind of like a he really is like a power forward. Sometimes he plays like a small forward. He's he's a Gallinari. I don't know. I don't know what kind of position that is. It's its own thing. Um, but I think Biombo only needs 25 minutes a game, which is what he's getting right now, to be fantasy relevant. So should you start playing him? Yeah, sure. Uh sticking with our, our theme of buy low targets, Alex. Uh can I, can I interest you in McCall Bridges? Is, is his value sunk low enough? He ranks 58th right now in eight cat per game. As a buy low? Um, sure. I think I, his three-point shooting is going to improve. I think that's that's the main thing you're looking at right now. With Bridges, he's shooting 27% from three. He's basically a 36% career three-point shooter. So he should probably be averaging like 23 a game rather than 20. Um but I, I got to be honest, like Bridges was one of the guys where I wrote in like overrated picks for each round column. And I thought Bridges in round two was just not, uh, I didn't like it. Um, you know, his steals, his defensive numbers are don't reflect how good he is as, as a defender. Um, you know, I think if Bridges was really going to function as this like elite number one option this season, he would have done it already. And he's just not showing that from like a usage rate uh, standpoint. Best buy low targets in points league specifically. Uh, I think this applies to Bancaro. Like we talked about, uh, you know, this guy who was much better in points leagues last season. Um, you know, somebody who you still worry a little bit about the, the free throw percentage specifically. Uh, we'll see on the, the field goal percentage. I'm pretty optimistic on that. You know, if you start shooting the three better and again, it's at 47%. So it's not really killing him right now. Uh, you know, does anyone else come to mind for you? I know Kate Cunningham like ranks pretty low in Roto. It doesn't feel like it's a buy low necessarily because he's averaging 23 and seven and feels like he's been really good so far. Um, but you know, field goal percentage is hovering around 40%. So that's something uh, that's harming him quite a bit in Roto leagues and obviously is not a concern in points. Yeah. I mean, um, well, yeah, I love the buy low on Kate Cunningham in, in points leagues because he is shooting, you know, 41, 30, um, but I honestly, like, I hate to, I hate to make it so, uh, I hate to make it so simple, but just go to the field goal attempts page in basketball reference and pick out everyone that's shooting like 40% and uh, that's, that shouldn't be shooting that badly. Um, and you can just start throwing out offers for guys because like that's in points leagues. It, it's really like a points and a usage thing. Julius Randall, honestly, too, like throwing an offer on Julius Randall in a points league because the field goal yeah. percentage isn't killing you. And then when yes. you start shooting better, you get the boost of the points. So like, it's those types of guys. Yeah. Randall might be the ultimate one right now. And I, I know he's played a little bit better of late, but it, it, I think a lot of people are still going to be scared off by those first couple of weeks. Uh, we'll get to more questions in a moment, but got a couple of messages to pass along. Underdog fantasy is the number one platform for NBA best ball and DFS player pickup contest. If you haven't tried underdog yet, new users receive a first time bonus up to a hundred bucks and a free six-month subscription to rotowire.com. Just use our promo code RWNBA. That's RWNBA. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog app. Do that right now and use that promo code RWNBA 
That'll get you a deposit bonus up to 100 bucks and a free subscription to Rotowire. We're also brought to you by Vivid Seats. The NBA season is underway, and on behalf of our friends at Vivid Seats, let's get one thing clear. Nothing beats seeing your favorite team crush it on the court to the sound of thousands of screaming fans. Every dunk, every dribble, and every heart-pounding play of your favorite team live and in person. And because Vivid Seats is the only ticketing company where you can earn rewards on every purchase, you can score amazing deals and unrivaled annual rewards all season long. Plus, they have a 100% buyer guarantee. You can be sure your ticket is as legit as your love for the game. Go to VividSeats.com or download their app today. And if you use our promo code ROTOWIRE, you'll get 20 bucks off your first $200 purchase. That's ROTOWIRE, R-O-T-W, or R-O-T-O-W-I-R-E, for $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase. Visit the app or go to VividSeats.com. Vivid Seats, experience it live. How do we feel about Karis LeVert, Alex? Uh, I... I I've been kind of shocked, you know, watching the Cavs. They've been out league pass for me quite a bit the last couple of weeks. Um, even if you're just checking box scores, you know, Karis LeVert is somebody who I feel like has burned me so many times in fantasy that I just didn't really didn't really consider him all that much, you know, especially with the backcourt uh, in Cleveland. But, you know, this is a team that even after bringing in Max Struess, you know, Isaac Okoro still in the mix. We're, we're, we're seeing LeVert every single night uh, be a, a relatively high-volume player for this offense, he's coming off of 29 and 22 points in back-to-back games over the weekend. I was watching that game against OKC last week. 16 field goal or free throw attempts, I should say, for Karis LeVert. Obviously, that's not going to be sustainable, uh, but it's been a nice start for him. Uh, up close to 19 points per game so far. I, I think LeVert's improved. They're trusting him a lot more, um, which I think is really important. He has improved as a defender. I saw like a nice thread on Twitter of him uh, you know, playing great defense the other night. I think I think this is fairly real because it partially is his shooting percentages are not unsustainable. And they need a guy like him, you know, when Garland and or Donovan Mitchell are on the bench to bench to kind of run the offense a bit. And um they're really not a deep team at all. So that works in your favor as well. So I think it's I think it's fairly real. Yeah. Good question on Gordon Hayward, uh somebody who's played very well for me in the stake league so far, but you know, we have the alleged impending return of Miles Bridges that could complicate things for Gordon Hayward. And uh, even if Bridges wasn't coming back, it's like, you know, you know, Hayward's getting hurt at some point, you know, we've been through this song and dance like five years in a row now. So is now the time to, to sell on Gordon Hayward. And if so, like what, you know, what range of players are, are should we be targeting? Now is absolutely the time to move on from Gordon Hayward. Um, you got nine healthy games out of him. That's a win. Um, no, he ran, he ranks 60th right now. Everybody, if you're playing in an informed fantasy league, people who understand who that Gordon Hayward is an injury risk, I, it's going to, I'll be honest, it's going to be really tough for you to get like a projected top 100 player for him just because he has that stink on him and Bridges is coming mm-hmm. back. So you have to kind of take a player back that people are really lukewarm on. Like if you can get back like Valanchunas, maybe, um, if you can get back, I, I don't know who other good examples are, but like, I, was a saying, I mean, Capella. what about like, like Herb Jones, Denny Obdia, you know, even like, I hate it, but like Dylan Brooks, Devin Vassell, guys like that. I mean, Austin Reeves has been off to a slow start. Maybe you could pry him away. Um, yeah. Again, I, I don't know if most managers are saying yes to that, but it, I think you're right that you need to temper your expectations. Unless you're in a league where people don't know his history and don't know about right. Miles Bridges and just think this can continue. So, you know, obviously start high, don't start too high. Um, but yeah, you know, realistically, I think you're looking for somebody who could finish 85 to 120. Yeah. 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 I think it, uh, that top 80 is great. Like I, I like Vassell would be awesome. I would do that in a heartbeat. 
Reeves, I think that's a that's a pretty solid suggestion. But yeah, you do have to worry about bridges and injuries for Hayward. How many more games before we could firmly say this Killian Hayes breakout is a thing and not just rotation shenanigans by the Detroit Pistons? Huh. Uh, I, I wish I had a better answer. I mean, I, I have no idea how this rotation is going to ultimately shake out. But, you know, Killian Hayes, uh, if you just isolate the the last six games, 15 points, six assists, field goal percentage has been good. The three-point shot looks like it's marginally improved. I mean, the percentages have been good. Uh, he's been a sub-30 three-point percent shooter uh, or three-point shooter his whole career. So take that, you know, with somewhat of a grain of salt. I, I think, you, you know, even if you get like 33% out of him for the year, that's fine. Um, but you know, I, the question, I guess, more than anything is, is the Detroit rotation settled, you know, like does, you know, Monte Morris, Joe Harris, Bojan Bogdanovich, like does those guys being out ultimately impact Killian Hayes if, and when they return? I don't think the Detroit rotation is settled. Um, you know, we had last night against the bulls, we had Jagan Ivy and Alec Burks come back from injuries. Burks plays 21 minutes. Ivy plays 11 minutes. I think that will increase. Sasser goes to 20, and then Killian Hayes is down to 25. So already you you have to have some concern about, is Killian Hayes going to go back to playing like 20 to 25 minutes? And then, of course, we haven't even seen Monty Morris play for this team. Um, so I don't – and I think we have to kind of like wonder – to me this isn't – like he's, Hayes has had what? He had like five good games. You average 16 and six for five games on some really hot shooting, but for the year, he still only ranks 133rd um, per game. So I, I have no confidence in this, like keep him on your roster. It's Monday, right? See what happens this week. But then if he keeps playing 25 minutes, you can let him go. Yeah. The flip side of this is Jaden Ivey who played you know 11 minutes after missing uh, four games in a row with an illness, played 11 minutes yesterday against Chicago I mean, is there is there any buy low potential with him, or are you just staying away at this point? I I am so I am so far away from from Jake and Ivy right now that I, mm-hmm. um, I just no. To me, there's there's no buy low. How about Daniel Gafford? I, I think he could be considered <laughs> could be considered a buy low. I you know a, a lot of Wizards players making their way into this episode as they should, uh, but you know the minutes have been all over the place for Gafford. You know they played a, a relatively competitive game yesterday against Brooklyn. He had one foul and he played 16 minutes. Uh, but prior to that, played 30 minutes and gave you 10 points, nine boards, and four blocks. He already has a five-block game this year as well. Multiple, uh, you know, every other game except for yesterday, he has two plus blocks this season. So I'm I'm still in on Gafford, but I'm really I'm only in it for the blocks. I'm not expecting anything else. It's a it's like a buy low in the sense that I it's hard for me to imagine him playing less than 22 minutes a game. Um, I just think there's a lot of times where, well, first of all, Washington's getting killed every game, so yeah. their minutes are going to be messed up every night. And I think Wes Unseld, honestly, just he he puts guys in the game when he thinks they're playing well, and if they're not, he just pulls them and won't pull them back yeah. in. And I, I some of what Washington is doing, they they also like to play small now. So they're playing like Avdia, Koulibaly, Kuzma gets Gallinari. some at center. Gallinari plays some center for them and it's looked good. So, yeah, I mean, it's don't expect this to drastically change uh, this season. But if you were asking me, would I buy low on it? Yeah, because it's hard to imagine it being worse. Yeah, and almost everybody needs blocks, right? And I, I don't I, I think more often than not, Gafford's going to play 
20 to 25 minutes as opposed to 16 to 20. So you're, you're going to have to live with the, the, you know, some of the zero weeks. Like, you know, he's not somebody that you're necessarily starting comfortably on a three game week on a four game week. I, I feel a lot better about it. So um, I, I think if you choose to view him as more of a spot starter, then you're, you're going to be, you're going to be happy with the rewards. Cause I, I think the shot blocking is good enough to, to at least maintain his value. Uh, Alperin Shangun, Alex, what is our take on his rest of season upside? Uh, certainly top 50. He's in the top 50 right now. Uh, in categories, you know, free throw percentage is is likely going to continue to be an issue. He's down to 61% on the year. He's taken almost four per game. That's about the same as last year. Um, you know, he's taken more threes. He's also missing almost all of them. So that's that's hurting his free throw or field goal percentage, but he's still at 60% from the year. So, he, you know, that's not really that big of a concern unless for some reason he starts taking like four threes a game. Um, you know, the shot blocking has been a, a little bit frustrating, the lack of, uh, but other than that, I mean, I, I love what I'm seeing, you know, the, the scoring is up, the rebounds have basically sustained. He's almost doubled his assist production. He's still giving you a steal per game. Um, you know, I, I think because of some of those specific category, uh, defects, like it's going to be tough for him to break like the top 40 or top 30, certainly. Um, uh, but I, I think he settles somewhere between 40 and 50 on the year. Yeah, I think he's certainly a top 50 guy. I think everything that he's doing right now is pretty sustainable and you can expect a bounce up in probably free throw percentage. Um, I know I think I think some people are going to look at his field goal percentage and say, well, can he really do shoot 60 on increased volume? I think he can because he actually has a real point guard now playing next to him that can feed him shots. You know, unlike mm-hmm. like when Shangun had to be doing a bunch of stuff himself, he was getting no passing inside, no help from Kevin Porter Jr., so to me, everything that Shangun is doing right now is is this is who he is. We got a bonus Pistons question. Uh, does Wiseman get out of the doghouse at some point and soak up some of the minutes that they'll take away from Duran to keep him healthy, or is Wiseman destined for a new team soon enough? I would say the latter, and that new team yeah. might be like the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. I, I don't I don't really <laughs> see the upside here. Uh, you know, even with Duran missing time recently, it's like Wiseman's just grabbing a few minutes off the bench. Uh, you know, if he was never the number two overall pick, we'd probably not be talking about him whatsoever. And I think that that luster is completely worn off. Um, and Boyan Bogdanovich, you know, should be back at some point this month. Obviously, Wiseman's more of a true center, but I, I think Bogdanovich eats into some minutes at the four. Maybe that pushes Isaiah Stewart into the mix, you know, alongside Bagley and Duran at center. So I don't, I, I don't really concern myself with with any any Wiseman shares right now. No, Wiseman, like you mentioned, I mean, it's maybe he'll be on. Uh, Barcelona with Jabari Parker mm. sooner than later. I, I I think you have to note that like Monty Williams said at the beginning of the year that they would only be playing one backup center yeah. behind Jalen Duran. That it would be either be Marvin Bagley or J- James Wiseman, and it's yeah. not James Wiseman, so he's just not going to play. This is an interesting one. I, I have a lot of Jeremy Grant, Alex. So I'm curious to get your take. Um, is Jeremy Grant a buy low target? Uh, and this this uh, listener says that he was offered. Clint Capella for Jeremy Grant. Uh, so he'd be getting the the Jeremy Grant side of this one. But uh, let's just put that one straight up. Like, who would you rather have, Capella or Grant? I think I would rather have Capella. Um, I, I I like what Capella brings from, like, a rebounding and, and blocks perspective. I will say, at the same time, I do feel like Jeremy Grant is a good buy low because – he is a better shooter than 42% from the field. And, and you know, like his, his percentages will go up, but at the same time, he's doing a lot of this without Anthony Simons, without Scoot Henderson, everything like that. So I, I think I prefer the Capella side. 
Um, but because Jeremy Grant, he's just only he's just points. That's all you're getting from him. It's just yeah. points. You're getting some threes. He's giving you like almost two and a half threes a game, but because he's taken so many threes, the field goal percentage hasn't been good. You know, he's, he takes he takes a ton of free throws, almost seven a game, and he's at seventy seven percent. So that's not helping you either. Um, I, I I'm still kind of holding out some hope for Jeremy Grant, uh, but like you said, I think you got to be realistic about categories. And if you need if you need blocks and rebounds, then then take Capella. Like it, I guess it feels like maybe Capella's been a little disappointing, but he's basically doing what he did last year, right? I mean, the right. rebounds numbers are the exact same. Uh, he's actually blocking more shots, you know, field goal percentage is down slightly, but free throw percentage is up. So that cancels out. Um, I don't, I don't really think he's off to a bad start necessarily. I think this is just kind of the player that he is. Uh, the only concern would be, you know, does, does a Kongu eventually, you know, grab a larger share of minutes at center, but at the same time, you know, Capella's he's only playing like 21 to 26 minutes most nights. So I, I don't see it going much lower. No, I think I think if you're in a points league, I prefer Grant. Let me clarify that. If you're in a points league, I would rather have Grant. But in a in a roto league or a category league, I would. It's closer to even, and I might just prefer Capella. All right, we got one more message from Rival Fantasy: LeBron versus Jordan, Magic versus Bird, Barkley versus McHale. Basketball is synonymous with legendary player rivalries. They make the game more fun, and they give fans the storylines that raise the stakes every time those players meet on the court or come up in conversation. Now, every player matchup and head-to-head debate can be settled on rival. This NBA season, you can play challenges where you decide which NBA player will score more fantasy points in their next game. You can play the rival fantasy in-house challenges or create your own and get a friend in the mix with customizable social challenges. Sign up at joinrival.com slash rotowire. Do that right now. You'll get a $200 deposit match. Get in on this now while we're still early on in the 2023-24 NBA season. It's time to step up to the challenge on rival fantasy. We will see you in the arena. Uh, let's see. Regular listener of the program, Free Key, says, you just tuned in. What are we doing with Tyus Jones? So back we go now, Alex, to the Washington <laughs> Wizards yet again. Oh, uh, man. man, I had such high hopes for Tyus Jones. Um, I, I was targeting him all over the place. I, I guess, luckily, I did not get him in as many spots as I wanted. I, I do have him in our 16-team our league. Um, you know, he's he's... <laughs> kind of been putting up the same numbers that he was as a backup last year, which normally would be, would be fine. Uh, but considering the jump and roll, considering what we thought he could be in Washington, it's been pretty disappointing. And it seems to be, it seems to be getting worse. You know, last six games, 7.2 points, 3.8 assists per game. Uh, it was still giving you good, like steals per minute numbers, but much like a lot of players on the wizards, it, it kind of seems like they're, they're at the whims of, of what's that what's unsettled night tonight. I don't think you're going to lose your league or like regret dropping Tyus Jones at this rate. Um, because we were saying to draft Tyus Jones under the caveat that like he needs 30 to 34 minutes a game to be fantasy relevant. And if he's not seeing 30 minutes a game and he's not a, a more significant part of the offense than he was in, in Memphis, then he's just not someone to hold um, for any, for any amount of time, really, it, to, to be honest. Someone in my league wants to trade DeJounte Murray and Austin Reeves for Jalen Brown. Is this a fair deal? Uh, DeJounte Murray ranks quite a bit ahead of Jalen Brown so far this year. Um, you know, if that matters, still small sample size. I think I would rather have the Murray-Reeves side of this. I think Murray yeah. and Brown are pretty comparable in a vacuum, and I would like to buy low on Austin Reeves. So this is a pretty easy one for me. Do you agree? Uh, the, the, to me, this is a hundred percent. I mean, Jalen Brown some nights is going to be like their fourth option mm-hmm. uh, in in Boston, and and Dejounte Murray is a proven top 
30, 40 player, which is what Jalen Brown at his absolute ceiling has been, uh, can do. And he's, he's no longer, he no longer has that ceiling. And then you get Austin Reeves for free, in my opinion. So yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Take DeJounte, take that side of that deal. Uh, this is a tougher one for me. Uh, Corey says, I just got an offer for Jalen Duran to take Jalen Williams. What do you think? So would you give up Jalen Duran for Jalen Williams uh, of the OKC Thunder? I would not. I would, I would, if I have Duran, I'm, I'm hanging on. I think their, I think their ceilings are roughly the same. Cause to me, Jalen Williams had a ceiling of like fifth round, fourth round, maybe. And Jalen Duran right now is proving that he, it, he just is a fourth or fifth round value. Um, so I, I would rather have Duran. Like, and some of his stats, Duran's stats are kind of muted lately because he's been dealing with an injury. So his minutes are a bit low. His stats are a bit low. Uh, I would, I would stick with Duran. Yeah, the thing with Duran is he's, he's still not blocking a ton of shots, you know. So it's you're kind of just targeting like mid-level points, high-end rebounds, one block a game, uh, and then the field goal percentage. And yeah, I don't know if we really trust him yet as a free throw shooter. He was 61% last year. This is this is pretty tough for me. I, I mean, the thing with Jalen Williams too is he, you know, he's not doing a whole lot outside of scoring thus far, and you know had 31. Uh, last night against Phoenix. So, you know, he's coming coming in hot right now, but he only had one rebound and one assist in that game. Uh, is giving you like a steal per game. The the percentages have been elite though. In mean, 52% uh, for a guy who you know basically plays on the wing. That's that's elite. It was elite last year as well. Uh, and the free throw percentage, you know, he's taken, <clears throat> he's taken 4.2 per game and he's at 86%. Um, so that, that would be one where you evaluate your roster. You know, if you're in a category league and you're struggling in free throw percentage, I think Jalen Williams is somebody that, that could address that, whereas you know Duran's going to continue to hurt it. Right, and you know Williams, his his um, usage rate isn't that much higher than it was last year, and he, you know, Chet's taking some usage. Giddy and Shea are going to do their thing, so um, I, I'm cool sticking with Duran there. Cam Reddish or Skylar Mays for a ten team points league? I'm going Mays. I can't do it. With Cam Reddish. <laughs> I cannot. I, I have to. I have to be honest, man. Cam Reddish is a uh, automatic do not roster for me. I look. He's looked good lately, but like throughout his entire career, of I feel like Nick and I have been doing this podcast, and there's been like a six game stretch where it's like, is this it? Is Cam Reddish finally doing it? And then all of a sudden, he goes back to averaging like three points a game. So uh, definitely pick up Skylar Mays, especially since the assists. Are, are ridiculous and are going to be hard, harder to find on the waiver wire than what Gregish is doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think both of these guys, you know, you're, you're looking at it as somewhat of a week to week streaming spot. Uh, you know, if you're in a daily league, even better, uh, but four games this week for Portland uh, three next yeah. week. And then uh, they have another three game week after that. So it's, it's an okay schedule for Skylar Mays, but it's really more dependent on Brogdon and, and even more so Scoot Henderson. But that's, that's a guy I would trust. You know, if you're just looking for four to seven games, uh, give me Skylar Mays. Uh, let's see. Drop Gafford for OG for Ananobi. Yes. You, I, I don't know. I don't know you, what league this is, but do that. Let's say, sir, are you in a six team league, but absolutely whatever league format you're in, absolutely do that. Uh, good question from Nicholas Lee. He asks, I hear people saying to drop Andrew Wiggins. I, I have also heard that. Is that realistic? And if I do drop him, who should I pick up for him? Uh, this is a nine category, 14 team league. So in that format, I, I don't, I still don't know if I'm like actively trying to drop Andrew Wiggins. I mean, it's been, it's been pretty, pretty bad so far. Uh, you know, even the games where he's played relatively well, it, it's been more, you know, real life success as opposed to fantasy. 
but you know, if you if you play the streaming game right, you could definitely do better than what Wiggins has given you over the last couple of weeks. Yes, the four the the fact that it's a fourteen team league makes it more difficult. If you were in a ten team league, I would say drop him yesterday. But um, it's difficult. I, look, I think he is droppable, like Nick said, I, because Wiggins even even in Wiggins' best scenario where he's playing 30 minutes a game like he has with the Warriors he's like uh, like he's ranked like 80th he's like 80 to 100 ish and he's just not close to being there from a minutes perspective even when his shooting comes back which it will like he he will not shoot 15% from three and 41% from the field his defense hasn't been there his usage um is about the same as last season I just I think I think you can stream in that spot and you're you're not going to regret it yeah, I would. I mean, I would just double check on you know guys like I don't know Nas Reed, Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal. You know, some of the usual streaming characters from the last few years. Uh, they, they could probably give you more than what Wiggins is giving you right now. And if you're if you're going to drop him, just make sure you get somebody on a four game week because you're in a fourteen team league. You're probably not going to be thrilled with your options, but if you're getting somebody for four games, um, especially on a week where you know Wiggins has two or three, then uh, you're probably going to end up profiting there. Uh, let's see, Kool Aid Trippin asks i don't know what to do with bruce brown he's not hurting my team but he's not helping much either should i keep him or should i stream the bruce brown spot i have bruce brown in the industry pickup league and honestly he's mostly valuable to me because he's like multi-position eligible and i'm like Mm -hmm. all right i can put that man in at forward um but no, I don't I don't think you should expect him to play any better than he is right now i have to be honest because his shooting is all it's all sustainable like he is not underperforming in that aspect his usage is down 4% compared to last year and 4% is a lot i know some like i say i talk about usage rates all the time and i know do it to to a lot of people that doesn't like mean anything but if you can't reach like 20% usage as a guard that's a problem um in general and he was at 18 last year and he's at 14 this year so um, uh, I think he's, he's ranked 128th. It's the exact same as he finished last year. Mm-hmm. He's a, I, I would consider him a streamer. So you can keep him on your bench and play him on four game weeks and it's going to be fine, but you should not worry about dropping him. Yeah. Well, here's the thing for, for one, he's rostered in 21% of ESPN leagues right now. And that, you know, that covers a wide range of settings and sizes and whatnot, but you know, it's not like you're dropping somebody who everybody else is hanging on to. Uh, the Pacers also don't have a four game week until mid-December. And they have a two-game week wow. this week. So, yeah, um, I would, you know, I would look into that. Uh, part of that is, like, I think there's, like, the in-season tournament week coming up oh, where, yeah. like, the schedule's not decided. But it, I don't think that'll be a four-game week. Uh, so there's just not really, like, you know, later in December, they have a couple back-to-back four-game weeks. You know, that could be a spot to, to target him. But, yeah, if, if we're talking streaming, like, you're not putting him in your lineup on a two-game week this week anyway. And if you feel like you need to make up some ground, then yeah, go grab somebody on a, a three or, or preferably a four game week. I, I don't think you'll regret it. Should I drop Chris Paul for Keontae oh, George? Man. No, I would say no. I want Chris Paul. I also I also want Chris Paul. I understand why you're asking the question. I want to be I want to be clear. I would rather have Chris Paul, but I understand why you're asking. Yeah. I, I just I, I mean, I think... it has been good for Paul lately, uh, but I, I just I mean, it's still wildly more dependable. Um, I, I think we could like we said earlier, we could see a Keontae George like breakout week or two later in the year. It's just like you, you got to time that out. Right. 
And I, I think in general, considering the, the limited minutes and the fact that he's coming off the bench, like it, Chris Paul's still giving you seven and a half assists. He's still giving you a steal and a half per game. Uh, you know, the field goal percentage is concerning. He's not making any threes. And at some point, you know, hopefully that comes back around. Um, but I, I, I still think, you know, week to week, night to night, Chris Paul is going to give you uh, more of what you want. Yeah. Thoughts on PJ Washington when Miles Bridges returns this week? Will he start or is he cooked? Fair question. Um, you know, PJ Washington, it, it feels like every year, you know, has some, sometimes it's at the start of the year, sometimes it's in the middle, sometimes it's at the end. He has these, these months and these runs where he looks really good. I, I, th- I think he starts initially. I'd be pretty surprised if, if Miles Bridges is just like in the lineup right away. Uh, yeah. You know, certainly he could end up grabbing a spot at some point. Um, you know, Washington does have center eligibility in some leagues. So that's something that, that gives him a little bit of a boost. Um, he's also probably a little more effective in real life than in fantasy. Like he doesn't, he doesn't really block shots for being a big man. He's not a great rebounder. It's kind of just points and threes. Um, so I think there is some reason for concern here. I, you know, we already laid out our concerns for, for Gordon Hayward as well. I, I think both of those guys are kind of equally harmed by bridges. I think, uh, I think the answer to this, both of these questions could be yes. Um, I think he could, I think he could start and could be cooked. So with the year that Bridges broke out and was healthy, uh, PJ Washington, um, he ranked 107th per game, Roto, eight cat, but only had a 15% usage rate. He's at 18 right now. Um, Like, yes, I think he's going to shoot better from three, Look, I mean, Washington's always kind of been a fringe guy in terms of like a streamer. Um, keep him on your bench playing in four game weeks kind of a guy. But, you know, if Bridges comes back and Washington starts seeing like 28 minutes a game, to me, that's like an automatic drop. Like, I'm not going to really worry yeah. about it. Um, all right. Yeah, we mentioned Gordon Hayward earlier. And this, this is actually a good question. You know, we were we were talking about if you're trying to sell high at Gordon Hayward and now's the time to do it, who should you target? Uh, would you take Shaden Sharp back for him? Oh man. Um so uh I might, I yeah. I think I would. I think I I think I would, but I I did caution people in an article I wrote about like uh players performing extremely well that I don't think I think Sharp Sharp is like a one-dimensional fantasy player. Like he's a points guy. He does not pass very well. He's not a steals and blocks guy. He's fine from three. But like the minutes, I mean, seriously, he's averaging 39.4 minutes per game. He's played 40 plus in five straight. Yes. So, and he's averaging 20 a game. So when he starts playing, he played 28 minutes in the opener. So when Simons comes back, when Brogdon comes back, when Scoot comes back, is Sharp going to play 28 minutes a game and average 14 points? It's pretty possible. And then it's going to be like one and a half assists. Yeah. Um, like you want to say yes, because you worry about Hayward staying healthy. But honestly, I, I don't know, man. I, I might kind of lean Hayward on this. Okay. So, so if you're, if you're looking to trade Gordon Hayward, you're looking for somebody with a little bit less uh, confusion, I guess, as far as the role yeah. once, once guys come back. Yeah. I, I think that so I'll, I'll I think it's the right area of like um, general fantasy value to target. Like I think that's the right guy uh, to take a swing for. In theory, it's just I I have my own sort of personal concerns about Shaken Sharp that I feel like other people don't necessarily have. Okay, 
Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair enough. Uh, we got a good question on Jared Allen. Is he a top 80 player this season? Asks Luke. Uh, I mean, Jared Allen has a pretty nice fantasy pedigree, right? I mean, he was a top 60 guy last year, top 50 in per game the year before that. Uh, his, his final year in Brooklyn, where he split it between the Nets and the Cavs, he was closer to the 90th overall player. Uh, it's been off to a slow start since he came back. Obviously, he was injured to begin the year. Minutes have been relatively down. Uh, you know, last year, he was a, a almost 33-minute-per-game guy. This year, uh, through four appearances, he's averaging 25 minutes per game. Uh, but his minutes have gone up over the last couple of games. So I, I think once he's once he's fully integrated, um, you know, maybe he doesn't have a ton of upside beyond like I would say I would say he could be a top 70 guy, Max. Uh, but you know, I, I think the Cavs are adjusting to to playing smaller, you know, getting more shooting on the court. That's something that worries me a little bit with Allen, but I, I still think he's pretty solidly like a top 100 guy once he's fully up to speed. I mean, he's only he's only been back for a week. Yeah, the playing time's still been restricted, still working his way back from um, it was a high ankle sprain or a bone mm-hmm. bruise. I can't quite remember. Um, but yeah, to me, he's like kind of ranked to answer your question. Like, yes, I think he's kind of like between a 60th ranked and 90th ranked guy. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously they, I think they want to feature Evan Mobley more. Um, but if, if you're sort of asking that wondering, like, should I trade him for a guy who I think is top 80? I would try to trick him for a guy who I think is top 60. Um, otherwise I, I would just hold and see what he does when he's fully healthy. Zach Collins or Denny Avdia? It's an interesting one. That is, that is a, that is kind of a tough question. I actually have both of them in, in the industry pickup league. So I look, Avdia is, um, he's playing pretty well. I mean, I think you were drafting him, hoping he would be a top 100 player. And he is, you know, funny enough, he started the season with like as, as much, Minutes concerns as everybody else on the roster through his first five games, but now through his past four games, he's seeing 31 minutes a game. He's, he's got some of the most consistent minutes on the whole team. Um, and I think what he's been doing over the, over that stretch has been pretty real in terms of Zach Collins. I mean, I, you know, Collins has been injury risk in the past, um, but I, I don't think you have to worry about something like they stop playing him next to Wemben Yama or anything like that. They're they're returning about the same value on the year. Um, I, I don't think I necessarily prefer one over the other. I would give um, slight favor to Collins for what it's worth. Yeah, <clears throat> slight favor, but I wouldn't. I let's look at this one. I would not think too hard about this one. Okay, all right, fair enough. Uh, Jalen Smith, somebody who I added in a league over the weekend. Uh, thoughts on him? Should I consider looking elsewhere? Uh, this this question asker, Johnny, says he's currently sitting in second place in a 10-team, 9-cat league. Um, I feel like you might be able to do better in a 10-team league than Jalen Smith. Uh, like, I yeah. – it wasn't like I was – you know, it wasn't he wasn't my first ad. Uh, I'm not even going to use him this week because the Pacers have a, a two-game week and they don't have a four-game week, like we just said, coming up until mid-December. So – Take that into consideration. Um, hard to say who's available, but my my first thought is you could probably do better. I'm I'm shot. Yeah, I I think you absolutely can do better. It's important to note that he is shooting seventy percent from the field and sixty five percent from three, and seeing just eighteen minutes a game. So when his shooting comes down, the points are coming down, and then he's going to average like eight, you know, eight points, seven rebounds, and um, you, you're, there's going to be in ten team league. There's going to be plenty of other options for you. Is James Harden washed, rusty, or just <laughs> that bad at sharing? Asked Freaky. Uh, 
Yeah, it's been been strange. Uh, obviously, the Clippers have not looked good since James Harden came back. Uh, but Harden, like <clears throat> Harden's game, is just so tailored to fantasy basketball. As my voice is just completely going out on me here, um, he still ranks at the top forty in per game value. Like it, it feels like it's been a disaster, and you know the on court doesn't necessarily match up with with the fantasy value. But um, you know, if you're just asking for like Harden specifically. I know he was going. He was going in the fifties in the late drafts that I did, yeah. like a couple nights before the season started. So it feels like this has been like a worst case scenario start. He's still a top forty guy. Uh, I, I think you just hold that. I think it's going to get better. Yeah, I mean, I, is he is he washed, rusty, or bad at sharing? I mean, I you're talking about a thirty four year old with recent leg injury issues that we all know doesn't take care of his body, and he's now on a team with you know, two other fairly high usage guys and uh, Kawhi and Paul George. But as Nick pointed out, he's still putting up great fantasy numbers, uh, even though it's only been four games. I will say the usage rates had only 19% after being like 30. Uh, it's kind of interesting to keep an eye on, but um, I think he can, <laughs> I think he can be both all three of those things and yet still rank like top 40 in fantasy. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I, I took him in the fifties and in one of my late drafts, and I'm I'm still happy with it. I think it's I think it's gonna be fine. I don't, I, you know, if the Clippers make some sort of sweeping changes, if they keep losing, I, I think it's Russell Westbrook who who suffers more than Harden. Uh, good question from Henry. Thoughts on Triple J? Super inconsistent. Blocks are lowered. Will he get better? I sure hope he does uh, because I, I paid big money for him in an auction league where I need him to perform like closer to a top twenty guy instead of a top fifty guy. Uh, it has been really inconsistent. I mean, the bad nights he's got, he's got a five for 17. He had, he was three for 15 last night against the Clippers. Uh, you know, the three point shooting has been very up and down. He's at 32% from the year, uh, 83% at the line though, which is nice. Cause he's taken a lot. That's a big jump from last season. Uh, but yeah, really the blocks I think are the issue here. Everything else is about in line with what you'd expect. Uh, but three blocks per game last season in 28 minutes this season, he's playing closer to 32 minutes per game. And he's only at 1.8. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a little concerning. I mean, he has not had a multi-block game now in four straight. Yeah, I mean, I he's he's a bit of an inconsistent offensive player um, in general. But I think he's giving you what you were looking for on that side of the ball. As far as defense goes, I think it's important to note like how, you know, a block or a steal is something that happens like for a, you know, a player like Jackson, like, twice a game, mm -hmm. you know, a hundred possessions. Um, so like he could, he could just as easily next game, next three games, get six combined blocks or next two games. He could have three blocks next game, three blocks the next game. And then we're not even having a conversation about his blocks because then they're at 2.4 per game. Mm -hmm. So I'm I, there's to me, it's, it's uh, there's no worry there. All right. We'll go rapid fire through a few more of these and we'll be on our way out. Uh, Jaime Hawkins. Can he be useful as a streamer? Uh, will the Heat be upping his usage? I, I wouldn't expect a usage hike necessarily, uh, but I, I think, you know, we knew on draft night, like when he ended up there, we're like, this is this is the perfect Heat guy. Like, I, I think if he was on just about any other team, I, I don't know that, you know, you'd trust them to develop him uh, correctly. But uh, in a roundabout way, I, I feel like he's benefiting from from Lowry and Hero missing time, and certainly Caleb Martin yeah. as well. I mean, like Hawkes, you know, he's technically a forward, but he can kind of do everything and, um, you know, the Heat, the Heat have such little depth at guard, especially point guard, 
um, that, you know, they, they kind of have to shift pieces around and, you know, it, you wouldn't necessarily think that Lowry and hero being out is like a one-to-one correlation for Hawkes, but I, I think it's opened things up for him. I I'd be comfortable streaming him. I mean, he's, he's a really interesting yeah. player. He's, uh, you know, he's played uh, six or 70 combined minutes over the last two games. Uh, gives you a little bit of everything. You know, the steals numbers have been really good. Don't expect him to block shots. I, I don't think that's, this is not really who he is. He's pretty undersized. Uh, you know, three-point shooting is going to be lower end. Uh, but, you know, to, to answer the overall question, is he a streamer? Yes. They have a three-game week this week, and then they play four the week after. So maybe that's the time to use him. He's absolutely worth the risk. And like Nick alluded to, the risk is just that last game, Kyle Lowry didn't play. The game before that, Jimmy Butler didn't play. So we have yet to see the Heat's sort of like full rotation without Tyler Hero. Um, we kind of got that in the game that, that Hero went down with injury and, and Hawk has played 21 minutes. But yeah, he's worth the risk of, of uh, you know, mm-hmm. dropping somebody that's underperforming to, to stream him. Is Buddy Heald a hold in 12-team category leagues? Should I hold with the possibility that he will start in a new team? Um in a category league, yes. I, I'm still, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm a Buddy Heald uh, stan, I guess, simp. I don't know, whatever <laughs> word you want to use. Uh, he's, he's seventh in total made threes so far on the year. Uh, he's always, I mean, he's in the top three basically every single year. He never misses time, even with a reduced role. Like, I, I think by the end of the year, he's going to be in the top five. Nobody has made more threes than him, I think, other than Curry since he entered the league. Nobody's played more games than Buddy Heald since he entered the league. Um, so you got to live with the ups and downs. I know the, like the trade thing is just kind of hanging over them and it's it's kind of a weird situation, but, uh, I I will say this, if you drop him in a 12 team league, somebody's going to pick him up. Yeah. He's worth exactly. Like you said, you can keep him on your roster. You can play him on the four game weeks. Hopefully he gets traded and he starts. Um, I will say though, if you're getting, if you're in trouble fantasy wise, like if you're in a 12 teamer and you rank 11th, you might have to drop him and and make some really aggressive waiver wire moves to start climbing up the standings, depending on what's going on with your roster. All right, let's talk Orlando Magic. we got a few questions about Fultz and Jalen Suggs. Johnny asked, is Jalen Suggs worth rostering? Uh, we got another question on Markel Fultz. What's up with his injury? Should I drop or should I wait? Uh, There's another Suggs question in here somewhere. But, uh, oh, yeah, it was Kobe White or Jalen Suggs. Uh, That one coming from Justin uh, so let's let's start on on Suggs, and we'll we'll start with the basic question: Is he worth rostering? Yes, uh, I think his two steals per game, two point one steals per game, and his point six blocks are legit. Um, I know the the blocks are not really an increase from what he's done in the past. The steals are, but last time I checked, which is maybe a, about a week ago, he was like second in the league in deflections. So the underlying stats with his steals suggest that he can continue to do this. Um, his field goal percentage is not very good, but it, it won't be, but yeah, roster him for sure. Okay. Uh, and then thoughts on Fultz. I mean, we, we, we don't have any more injury news than anybody else. We, we just report and aggregate the news. Uh, but you know, Fultz has already been ruled out for tomorrow's game. That will be his fifth absence in the last six. I, I think they're just going to kind of keep taking this game to game, but it's, it's worth noting that they have a Tuesday, Wednesday, back to back. So, you know, it might be something where they're already planning to bring him back Wednesday. Who knows? Uh, I, I don't have like a ton of concerns here. I mean, it's a, a little concerning that he was scratched when he was supposed to play on Saturday. And, you know, tendonitis is obviously something that could stem from, from previous injuries. And, and Fultz has had plenty of those. Um, but, you know, in general, I guess, like, even just assuming he's healthy, uh, you know, he's not off to a great start. It only played in, in five games. 
Uh, but there's it's kind of a convoluted backcourt in Orlando overall. It is tendonitis is tough because it's a rest injury. Like the only way for tendonitis to get better is just to not do anything. Um, so he's just going to have to sit until it hopefully feels better. And then, you know, that sort of a thing. Um, I think he's a hold, you know, because I, I think he's a legitimate when he's healthy and going and he's playing 29, 30 minutes, he's, he's like a top 80 guy. But, um, if you're in a shallow league, I understand wanting to drop him. I would, I would just have a little bit more patience. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you on that. Uh, should I drop Dinwiddie? who we, we talked about earlier. I think we're, we're in drop territory with Dinwiddie, but should I drop him for someone like Jordan Hawkins or Dylan Brooks, Bilal Koulibaly or Lonnie Walker? Um, you know, Hawkins, I don't, I, Trey Murphy's going to be back soon. You know, he was, he was at practice today, in fact. Um, so I, I think he could make his return in the next week or two. I think that really hurts Jordan Hawkins. You know, Brooks has cooled off a little bit. Koulibaly, it's, you know, one really nice game. I think, I think for, Every game he has, like he did yesterday, there's going to be seven or eight that are just duds. So I, I would not really pick up Koulibaly. You can, you can disagree on that if you want. Um, I guess I'd, I would probably take Brooks over Dinwiddie. Uh, none, none of those options are super appealing. I mean, I, I guess Lonnie Walker too. I don't I don't really like any of those options. I, I feel like you're in a fairly sharp league, to be honest, uh, Nicholas, if, you're, if those are really like your waiver wire options. Um, I am also trying to drop Dinwiddie in a league, and it's, I'm finding it very difficult just because mm-hmm. it's a it, you know it's a 16 teamer, and the options are even more thin. I don't think any of those guys that you mentioned—Hawkins, Brooks, Koulibaly, or Lonnie Walker—are going to be necessary to roster uh, for most of the season. And I don't even think that their streaming value is is that good. Um, I, you know, I can't blame you for dropping it for any of those guys. Like we mentioned before, I think Dinwiddie is droppable to stream the spot for guys on a four-game week. So if any of those guys have a four-game week, yeah, I mean, uh, sure, it's fine. All right, a couple more here. Uh, looking for steals in the category league, Robert Covington or Cam Reddish long-term? Probably, oh man, I just, I wish, I wish Covington was playing more than 15 minutes a game. At the same time, like, do we trust Regish to play much more than 15 minutes per game when everybody is healthy? Not really. Um, I think think Covington's a better player than Cam Reddish, and their minutes when both rosters are healthy are probably the same. Um, So I I technically, I guess, Covington, it's that's a that's a rough question. I got to be honest. Well, I don't know if you heard, Alex, Kelly Oubre got hit by a freaking car this weekend. So well, I think that helps Robert Covington at least over the it, next few weeks here. Um, yeah. Give me, give me Covington. I mean, even in 15 minutes a game, he's still, I mean, he had four straight games with multiple steals prior to yesterday uh, against Indy. So yeah, he's the more dependable player. He's the, he, I mean, he has multiple seasons banked throughout his career in, in Philly, Houston, Minnesota, Portland, you know, where he's been like, you know, 1.3, uh, you know, 1.3 blocks, 2.1 steals. Um, you know, he's basically been like block and a half, steal and a half when the minutes are there. And even with Ubre out, I, I don't think I don't think Covington's playing 30 minutes. But if he could just get into like the low 20s, I, I think he's going to be a hell of a lot more dependable than Cam Reddish. Um, let's see. Do you think Jakob Pertl will return to what he was projected as? Raptors invested so much in him. Uh, that comes from Amer. Uh, I, I hope so. I actually I actually didn't get much of any uh, much or any of Pertl this year, so I've not I haven't been tracking this maybe as closely as others. Um, but yeah, I mean the blocks are down. The, the rebounds are down slightly. The minutes are down about two per game. Everything other than that, I mean, it, it's not like he's having a wildly disappointing season. 
but he, he did play really well for Toronto after coming over from San Antonio last year. Um, I, I'm just not, I'm not really sure. I mean, there's a, a new head coach, you know, kind of new rotations without Fred Van Vliet. You know, I think they, they kind of had to shake things up, you know, Precious Achua had uh, missed some time. He was back in action yesterday against Boston and you know, that doesn't bode well for Pirtle. He only played 21 minutes. So um, I, I think we just kind of have to adjust expectations going forward. Like still a guy who is, is rosterable to me and, you know, probably startable for lack of better options most weeks, but uh, you know, the dream of him being like a top 70 guy might be dead. I agree. I mean, when he was top 70, that was a lot of like him playing with San Antonio and they would hand him the ball and have him do dribble handoffs and he would get the fake, you would get like fake assists. And that's yeah. just not really happening this year. And the, the minutes aren't there. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll end on this one. It's a fun one. Uh, I currently have Curry, Maxi, Paul George, and McCall Bridges as my backcourt and Claxton, Duran, Jared Allen, Mark Williams as my frontcourt. Okay. Not bad. I'm thinking about trading PG for Trey Young. What do you think? I think I would do that. I think so. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, you got to <laughs> Your main concern has to be like, hey, do you have any forwards left? Um, right. So uh, assuming that your forward spot does not get completely destroyed by you making this trade, I would I would look to acquire Trey Young because he's not even shooting. He's shooting 36% from the field and he's still ranked 23rd in, in eight cat. So and Paul George's ceiling is not that high. Yeah, I mean, Paul George is off to a great start. I do think that's going to come down, you know, obviously with Harden being integrated and just, you know, having like four pretty big mouths to feed in that offense. Uh, and yeah, like you mentioned with Trey Young, he's not even playing that well and he's still having a great fantasy year. Uh, for as, as slight as Trey Young is, he also like never misses time. And Paul George has missed more time than Kawhi Leonard since he's been with the Clippers. So that that would be my bigger concern is, you know, maybe, maybe we talk about Paul George as a sell high guy just because of the injury history. Um, so yeah, good point by you because Claxton, Duran, Allen, Williams, like all those guys are, are centers first. So make sure you have the depth stuff figured out. Um, but if you're, if you're comfortable just making that deal one-to-one, I think we agree. We'd, we'd both rather have Trey Young. All right. We're going to cut it off here. It's a fun 70 minutes. Uh, we appreciate everybody jumping in, in the chat. These streams have been really fun and they've, they've been getting more fun, uh, each week of the season. So, uh, we hope that you'll stick with us, uh, try to offer you as much advice as we can go check out everything over at rotowire.com slash basketball. You can follow Alex on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter as well. There are two Nick Whalens in the fantasy space, by the way. Uh, so make sure it's the W-H-A-1-E-N. I feel like I've just been like feeding this other Nick Whalen followers. Um, but if you if you guys like our content, you know, like, subscribe, especially to the YouTube page. That helps us out a bunch. Um, and, you know, go check out our sponsors as well. Rival, Vivid Seats, and Underdog. You can find all the information uh, in the bottom of the video description. So, Thank you, everybody, for listening along, and we'll be back at you next Monday. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.